Hi folks and welcome to Wait for Catbus, the conversational podcast where four friends gather around a kitchen table to rank and review every single Studio Ghibli movie in chronological order. As always, I'm your host, Ali. And today I'm joined by Eddie. Hello. Abby. Hi. And Mark. Hey. How's everybody doing? Are we doing good? Yeah. yeah. I'm excited to talk about this Poppy Hill film. Yeah, it's probably mm. Yes, yeah, so. so full up from that slice of life. Oh, I see what you did there. Oh, that was good. I wouldn't be full up because if it was just a slice, I'd probably want more. Now, did you want more? I did. Oh, I wanted another slice. Hmm? Life's big, so if you had a slice of it, it's probably quite a lot. <laughs> life, is, life is big, and this is a small slice. Very small story. Well, that's it. That's that's the podcast done then. If you that's like, the film. Then spirited away. <laughs> if you can't tell, the movie we're talking about today is 2011's From Up on Bobby Hill. This is all bad. Just say it again properly. I mean, properly. <laughs> Me. Hi, folks. Right, Ali. What film? What film? From Up on Poppy Hill is the film we watched this week. Um, Came out in 2011. It's the second feature movie we ranked, uh, directed by Goro Miyazaki, Hayao Miyazaki's son. Um, And the movie was uh, scripted by uh, Miyazaki Senior and Taiko Niwa. Um, It's based on a 1980s uh, manga. It's kind of like like Mark said, it's this like slice of life set in the sixties in Japan. Um and yeah, it's cute. I don't know have anything top top of mind they wanna wanna say before we jump into the usual rigmarole where we'll run through the plot, talk about things we liked, talk about things we didn't like, um, and rank everything at the end. Good fashions, good school uniform. Oh yeah, I see that's that. what Ali said. Right, it's I'm very on... nautical, which I guess is because they're near the sea, but I couldn't look at those um girls. Uh, uniforms out thinking this is kind of nautical, very Sailor Moon esque. Mm, yeah, is, is, is it a neckerchief? Is that what that is? It is. That with is a, um, with a woggle. I like the boys, um, they're like blazers but without collars. I sent to those. Mm. Trendy. Take one of them. A bit like Doctor No. Yeah, but in like a, in like a Doctor No, they make it fashion, you know? Yeah, I mean, make, make Doctor No is, is a fashion icon. Thank you very much. Does he have the cat? No. He's Who has the cat? Uh, a couple of them do. Blofeld, Blofeld has the cat. Blofeld. Oh, two versions of Blofeld have the cat. It's the same person. But yeah, he has a cat. <gasps> Doctor Evil. From uh, Austin Powers. Austin Powers. He has a cat. Yeah, he has a cat. Did you know Austin Powers came out in 1999, the second one? The second 1999. <laughs> <laughs> good that we did a rerun of that year, because it was a good year. Um, <laughs> yeah, because Goldman was 2003. That's... I feel like this is not the first time we've mentioned Austin that's Powers. Too, that's too recent. I can't, I can't believe they got away with those movies in 2003. 2003 is a long time ago. Uh, also, Goldmember still stands. We watched, <laughs> it still stands. We watched Goldmember last year and it's, it's not it's your problematic. Un- it's your as you think it's yeah. um, I don't care because that's not this podcast. <laughs> oh, this is. podcast. Oh this week, Studio Ghibli, 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 Ghibli movies. It's not to be. Poppy Hill, is it? <laughs> um, He's like the boys that run that bloody clubhouse. Oh. Messy. Speaking of. Um, speaking of cleaning up messes, <gasps> shall we get into the plot of this podcast? Yes. And avoid the mess of this intro. Yeah, let's do shall it. Shall we? Um, so, movie, um, set in 1964, the year of the Tokyo Olympics. Um, I don't have the name of the part of Japan that it's set in, but I guess it's like uh, outside of Tokyo, on the coast. Can't imagine it too far away from Tokyo though. No, because they seem to get to it pretty quickly. Yeah, and I think in the summaries I read, it was like, oh, this is a, it's almost like a district of Tokyo, but just really far away. 
Yokohama. Yokohama. Oh. Because, um, yeah, originally the Olympics were supposed to be in 1940, and then oh. the war got in the way. Oh. That pesky war. That Wait, pesky well, did war. they miss the Olympics a bit? Yeah. Yeah, they... For both. Were they... They were in Germany, didn't they? Yeah. During the... That is in Berlin in 1936, mm. yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So they wouldn't. I'm guessing they wouldn't have had one in 1944 yeah. either. That makes sense. Because you not remember the opening Olympics, opening ceremony at um, London, and they oh was it London or the one before where they were like running around, going through the years like a guy with a torch was running around going through the years, and then when it got to yeah when it got to the World Wars like it went dark and he fell down. It was all very dramatic, and it was like this is the year we didn't do it. Um, so you say Yokohama. Yokohama is the second largest city in Japan in Japan by population. The yeah. most populous municipality municipality Thank you. Of Japan. Oh, interesting. Oh. Yeah. Um, so it's a, like a big coastal town, city. Very hilly. Um, very hilly. Poppy Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, lots of like sailors, boats. It's pretty. Like from straight mm-hmm. off the bat. Very just, pretty. I mean, you can tell the film came out seven years ago, whatever, eight years ago. It feels like a modern animation. Mm. Everything's very crisp. There's, there's a lack of even like the kind of watercolour works that you see in early Ghibli stuff that kind of cover oh. up some of the details. Mm. I wrote, my first note was, it starts with some great watercolours. Good oh. to be back. Interesting. Good to be back. Because it did have like a few of those to yeah. but I agree there weren't more of those because yeah. we, we didn't really get into like the countryside very much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a bit sharper, wasn't it? Especially when they got to like Tokyo towards the end and yeah. that was really, really good. Yeah. And like the nighttime scenes. Um, so we're introduced to uh, Yumi. Uh, Yumi, or, Yumi or Yumi? Yumi. Yumi. I can't remember how to say it in the movie. Introduced to our main character, Yumi, um, is how I'm going to say it for the rest of the podcast. She is uh, this young woman who, like, runs, or kind of is, like, the main caretaker of this, like, boarding house slash B&B thing. Yeah, I thought on, this up, was... Up on Poppy Hill. Um, oh. And she lives there with her two younger siblings. Riku yeah. and Sora. Riku and Sora. She lives with her. Um, there's, there's a woman who's a doctor who lives there as well, and there's her grandmother is there as well, and an artist who they're friendly with. All women apart from one young boy. And one of them helps out her, I think. One of them was like helping cut fruit and yeah. I, I get the impression. I, mean, it's, I think it's, it's like it's a boarding house more than it's a B and B. So I think mm. they all just like live there collectively rather than kind of like pay, paying rent and stuff. Um, it's interesting straight off the bat. Like we're introduced to Yumi. Um, we, get, we learn that her mother's in, in America studying and her father um, died in the Korean War. Um, straight away we get the sense that this is like going to be a post-war story. There are no like men in the house. There are no yeah. men in this... There are no men apart from like a couple. There's like very few male characters, obviously, 20 years after the Second World War. It's just like lots of very young people and lots of kind of like older women, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was interesting. And yeah, we kind of... We have a few scenes, I think, that like tell us about Yumi's life like the most important thing I guess to note is that she every morning does this ritual where she raises um, two flags up a flagpole mm. um, and we don't really know why at the beginning of the movie but it's clear that she's like trying to signal someone because this is a way I guess for boats to find their way home like yeah. they raise matching flags and then you raise uh, there's, there's like an international or like a national flag language the flag ah, things interesting. Uh, so the flags that Yumi raises at some point I think at the start of the film, um, mean uh, uh, um, they mean U and W in the international flag language. Uh, those two letters mean I wish you a pleasant voyage. Oh. Yeah. I didn't realise she was raising different flags throughout the film. Is she? Uh, I think there's so. another time when she um, raises flags to spell out Hokotu. 
which Shun apparently Shun translates to the audience. He comes by. And he's uh, oh yeah, he does, doesn't he? He's interesting. Yeah, I thought they were the same because they're like I a red, they're, they're like a red and yeah. blue square, and one's like a, a egg tie or like a cross hatch. So yeah, it's it's like a. I mean, this movie is like opens very sweetly. It's obvious like from the get go that we're getting like like you said at the beginning like a slice of life mm. story, a historical drama rather than anything fantastical. With a jazzy little. French jazz number. Great yeah. soundtrack. Mm. Straight off the bat. Mm, yeah. The, the get go for this one. There's a big banger at the end. They couldn't place it. Yeah. It I ends the classic Ghibli way with like a, of some like big vocals and mm-hmm. a nice solo. Yeah. It's the ones that we've heard off of those playlists that we all listen to. Yeah. Instrumental Studio Ghibli. Yes. And suddenly a voice comes in and you're like, this is going to help my studying <laughs> at university. <laughs> um, so long ago. Pop study beats. I, I think the, the, the music in this film is like. I felt like I really noticed the soundtrack in this movie. Like I felt like it was more present throughout, or maybe it was a bit. Maybe it switched up. A I lot. think it was like a bit more jolly. There was like some jazzy bits, and some it was less like melancholic. Yeah, less like ambient almost. Yeah, I think maybe. Do you think it's because there there was a plot, but there wasn't like these like big battle scenes or yeah. like mm. massive like changes in plot that we're kind of used to with um, Studio Ghibli films. Like it yeah. fit, followed like quite like an arc, mm. like narrative. And for that reason, they're like, oh, we'll go a bit edgy with our music. People yeah. are able to hear yeah. it the whole time. Like, Definitely. maybe supplementing like where the battle scenes, like loud crashes yeah. and bands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get this jazz now. Yeah. This I mean, the, I'm here for it. This is the only uh, one composed by Satoshi Takagi. So, who is not Joe Hisashi. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, on okay. most of them. Oh, did he uh, do the rest done, of them? He's done, like, all the big ones, basically. Uh, like, Ponyo, Howl's Moving Castle, Spirit Away. Um, Princess Mononoke, like all the you like can actually you the, can kind of tell yeah. when you think about it because it is so different to the others. Yeah, there's a few towards like there's it seems to be like every now and then someone other than Joe Hisashi does it, but the majority of the time it's him. Mm. So we have like a musical like language of of them, but yeah. yeah. Only one by this guy. So. I wish it was just a musical. I feel like this, this mm. could have been the time where it was a musical because there was a couple of bits where they were singing all together, mm. and there was a couple of bits where I was like, oh, they're gonna break out into like a solo, and I was like. Gutted that it didn't. Give me I, the Ghibli I musical. Can, I, yes. I, I kind of feel like this this was would have been like a prime candidate as well. Like because like you say, I mean, there's not there's like a quite a nice linear plot and it wraps up nicely, but it's not there's no massive kind of dramatic peaks. Like it mm. would have been quite nice as like a. Oh, I quite like the idea of that. Mm-hmm. Let's get on it. Yeah. Next project. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so after we get introduced to um, Yumi and we see a bit of town, we then go to. Uh, high school, her like high school, and like we see the great um, school uniforms we previously mentioned, and we kind of get introduced to, like the other other half of the cast basically. So you've got like you, me, and everyone lives in the, who lives in the boarding house, and then you've got like the school kids. Um, Yumi's like got some friends. She goes to school with her sister Sora, um, and they're like having lunch outside, and then suddenly there's this is like crazy kind of like. Um, raucous like riot shouting and people are running around filming mm-hmm. and like all the boys kind of suddenly appear um, they're all like hanging out the win- window of this giant like uh, building clubhouse thing they drop banners which all say like save our clubhouse um, and we kind of get the appearance of our other lead um, Shun and he like runs and jumps off the roof and lands in the pond as some sort of like dangerous protest demonstration um, because the clubhouse where all these these kids kind of like gather and they get things like some of them live um, is being going to be closed down, torn mm. down, and something new is going to be built um, in its place. Weird form of protest. Yeah, I thought that. Mm. But it's very teenage. It's very like mischievous mm. kind of mayhem. I thought at this point, like there are no adults in this in this school. That's mm. one of like it, it 
felt almost like North Flyzy. Because they're like, the way they're organising and everything on their own, and like mm. doing this protest and jumping off the thing, there's no one around to like I tell mean, them not to do it. Uh, 1960s Japan. Yes. Uh, obviously, there's lots of like school protests yeah. a couple of years earlier. So I suppose uh, like that's still kind of yeah. going on. Yeah, uh, the 60s, very different to our schooling. Yeah, yeah student activism was a massive thing. All, exactly. all, in Japan, obviously, all over the world, like um, as we come out of like Second World War, the Korean War, head into the Vietnam War, lots of people are. Um, kind of Waking saying up. fuck you to tradition yeah. and also and obviously then this comes through throughout the movie and we'll probably talk about it at the end but like the th- themes in this movie around like how do you balance starting something new while holding on to like traditional values and how like where does that where do those things kind of what how much do you owe to like a legacy and family and things like that versus mm-hmm. building something of your own um, but yeah you definitely get that vibe of like there's not a lot of and it's similar to like a lot of post-war stories like the generation of people is kind of like mm-hmm. gone so you do have this weird like there's not a lot of a, there's, there's kind of like a gap in authority where like these teenagers maybe a lot of them didn't grow up with like um kind of traditional family units and stuff so they're kind of like finding their own entity in their own their own ways um Yumi's very taken with the guy that jumped off the roof Shoe smitten absolutely smitten you might say but she like doesn't want to show it she like helps him out the pond and everyone's like hee 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 and then she yeah. Back yeah. yeah good thing mm. mm-hmm. um, yeah I kind of love the it gave me a bit of um, slightly Harry Potter vibes and hear me oh. out here mm. uh, imagine Shun but not Shun Hippogriff mm. and imagine uh, Yumi oh. but not Yumi Harry Potter everyone takes a step I back I did not expect this to be the the <laughs> duo <laughs> of Harry Potter that you were oh going to picture oh my god I was thinking that sort of Hermione Crumb. Ron Crumb sort of thing ah no Crumb. hippogriffs hippogriffs if you will yes I can see it <laughs> cinematic you. parallels I ship it you ship it um, what I've Harry that <laughs> Harry and the hippogriff <laughs> oh, I think the other thing about my new band Buck Big Bareback sorry oh, no. The other vibe, uh, the kind of like Harry Potter vibe, like definitely like YA vibe that I got here comes from like the all the scenes in the clubhouse, like mm. all these like boys living together has like a very like lost like Peter Pan lost boys vibe, like the mm. way the washing is like strung across the middle of the room and like they all live in like weird quirky huts. So, yeah. like, I loved it. It's it's something really like considering this movie doesn't have a lot of like magical fantastical elements. There's something about this felt very like very like creative whimsical very whimsical creation in the, in, the, in the heart of this movie like yeah. there's a lot of colour and character and personality crammed into all the scenes of them like way too many people crammed into one scene and like people like bursting out of windows yeah. like and it's really jo- like something really yeah. joyous about it philosopher's little hut all that sort yeah, of like detail so and, good yeah, um, that, that building felt very magical that yeah. was like where the source of all the magic was yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Miyazaki Junior apparently worked with a number of different art directors who con- contributed ideas about the amalgamation of clutter says in my times um, which I kind of get like it looks so like hodgepodge as if yeah. they were like okay it's like the game where you start drawing something then you fold over the paper yeah. and someone oh, else carries on yeah. like it's all really so nice. many like different bits and bobs yeah. all fit in there yeah because it all felt unique it didn't feel like uh, it was like a cut and paste job of yeah. like the second floor looks like the third floor looks yeah. like the fourth floor yeah. like that is very apt yeah there's so much so much so much detail in all of every scene and like yeah. the, and the sounds like this kind of like chaotic like jazz soundtrack to it and it feels a very like there's something it, it has a good energy all of these scenes mm-hmm. have such a good energy especially like they're all charged at this point um 
Yumi and Sora like Sora's wants to go wants to go and get Shun, the guy who jumped off the roofs, um, autograph because like everyone in the school has become slightly obsessed with yeah. the stunt. Um, and the two girls like go to the clubhouse and they go and help him print the newspaper. And all of those scenes have this kind of like really good like teen flirty nervous energy to them, and mm-hmm. like the jazz is playing and like it all comes together to like a really nice vibe. I don't know, like it felt like unproblematic frat houses. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of what it felt yeah. like. Yeah. Um, speaking of when they go to help him print the newspaper, yeah. she's like, oh, how'd you hurt your hand? Mm. And he said, I cut it shaving. Can we just dwell on that? Oh, yeah, I did think that was odd. Why he says that in a really weird way. I think the actor delivered it really weirdly because yeah. I okay. think he's meant to be like, well, to me, I was imagining that line. No, a joke. Like, it was more like he was like, oh, no, it wasn't the thing. I uh, cut it shaving? Like, just trying to think of anything other. But he just says, I know I cut it shaving. Yeah, like, it was like, a bit more natural, down. but I feel like it was meant, like, seeing that on the page, I imagine that, like, he's just trying to think of any reason why it wasn't, like, him, like... Ha- he didn't well, hurt himself. He, didn't hurt himself. he uh, did it doing something like manly. Yeah. Uh, okay. But, but you don't cut your hand shaving. Yeah, so That's a good read. Oh, he shaved. Oh, my God, yeah. he shaved. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's a boy pretending to be a man, but doesn't actually know anything about yeah. that. Mm. Like. Um, but it was a weird line. The fact that yeah. we all picked up on it. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's strange. Um, so they kind of like have this. Um, Yumi and Shetsun have this like flirt relationship at the start of this point. Um, that kind of like goes back and forth for kind of a couple of different scenes here. There's a really, really nice moment when um, she is like going to meet. Um, then for another thing and she's like cooking di- she's kind of balancing these, these responsibilities that she has for the boarding house while also trying to pursue this kind of like team flirty relationship um, yeah. struggling bit- to cook yeah food there's a bit of the funny bit like, food oh, oh yeah she has to catch up on it at the end <laughs> she has to like go and go to the shops yeah, she has to go to the shops there. and then um, she picks her up on the bike and there's a really funny bit where she's like her little brother's there and he's like a proper shit and she's like can you just like help and he's like no and that's the whole they're all yeah, watching, t- they're all yeah, watching yeah, TV yeah, and he's like no, no but she's like, but the show's just starting yeah because she's like can you buy some pork and he's like he's not even like <laughs> no he's like um no <laughs> like very like David and um from Goliath? Shit's Creek. Oh. David and Goliath. David from Shit's Creek. Yeah, like he's surprised to be asked. Yeah, he's like, um, no. Um, so yeah, this is just like these really nice scenes. Like I say, they, they cycle down the hill. Um, how we see, one thing I wanted to pull out here, maybe you got we can talk about it a little bit. It's like, this is the most, which which will become weird as the movie, when we get to a bit later on in the film. But this is the most like natural, romantic, tension, flirting, anything like that. I think, like, A, the most natural depiction of like flirting and romance I think we've mm. seen in any given movie yeah. and be the most like natural depiction of just like teenagers as well it was normal one yeah. completely there's no like weirdness to it yeah. mm-hmm. like um, you're a secret dragon man you're a secret dragon <laughs> man that sort of weirdness but even, even in the, <laughs> even in the um, other like slice of life ones oh, what's the one where they go to Hawaii ocean, ocean waves, waves. That's the, one ocean that waves. Ocean the one that doesn't have any ocean waves yeah. in it like that has the, the same premise almost yeah. but like but she's like there's like four of them out of money and it's just like all so yeah. weird and maybe that was the point of that film yeah. and not the point of this one but this I felt like, just I wasn't uneasy watching it yeah I think the t- I think the thing there may- maybe that maybe the thing there is that in Ocean Waves they are they're supposed to be substantially older I think it's supposed to be like 17, 18 but even then it feels they don't feel like fully fleshed out characters in the way that yeah. the short time we get with Yumi and Shun we see their relationship kind of 
but in a really nice way. It, I think the, the nearest example I can think of is um, in Whisper of the Heart, but they have kind of like a teen. Which one was Whisper of the Heart? Um, it's the one with the uh, antique shop and the cat. Oh, it was the, the, the first, the cat returns. The cat returns. Without the magic, basically. Yeah. Which great, she writes, great she, grandpa's. She, it's all about stories. Country Road. Country Road. That one's called The Cat Returns. No, no that's, that's, that's Whisper of <laughs> <laughs> I was so confused. And you were like, the first Cat Returns. And I was like... Cat Returns 1. Cat Returns 1. He hasn't returned. <laughs> but yeah, I can't think of... to leave. <laughs> I can't think of any other, like, movies that we've seen that kind of, like, have that. Like, how do you feel... Like, how do we feel about, like... Um, Patsu and can't remember her name um, in Laputa but that doesn't that's... <laughs> this feels like a very balanced relationship doesn't it because yeah, there's yeah. no like the, one of them isn't like a magical being it's not like Princess Mononoke where like she's a fierce warrior <laughs> have I said it wrong yet? yeah Mononoke yeah that's it okay it's so cute it's not like there's like yeah. they're just both teenagers and one yeah. of them's not like saving the other and yeah. even though the boy is kind of a bit more like confident it just feels more natural. Yeah, definitely. It's just really nice. Like, it's one of my favourite things about this film is their dynamic. Yeah, yeah. they got it right. Yeah. They just bloody got it right. Like, they get a lot of things right in all of these films, but this has been a thing that I think they yeah. consistently haven't nailed, so yep. it's really yep. nice to see it come through here. Yeah, without it being weird. Oh, wait. Oh, oh, wait. Oh, um, spe- speaking of, so, a couple more things to hit before we get to kind of like other interesting scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really nice bit when. Um, I want to shout out the artist who lives with them, who mm. I think is played by someone interesting. Yes. Um, she's well, like, she's in... got like, so this character has like um, messy hair. She says a weird shit all the time. She's really like, oh, what does that mean? She's, she's like, goofy. Sh- Ali claimed Slouching. her as. She's gay. Yeah, Ali claimed her as a queer icon. Yeah, I kind of agree. Yeah. Um, well, I got a bit confused about looking up the names of people because yeah. I think there was a, that there may be two versions of this because apparently in this film, mm-hmm. Jamie Lee Curtis is in it, and I definitely don't think I heard her. Mm-hmm. So, but then on IMDb, I couldn't see her name, so it was all a bit confusing. But this person definitely is it Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza, yes. yeah, Aubrey which is really Plaza. cool. Parks and Rec fame. Um, and there's a couple of other famous, like someone famous plays the Doctor who lives in as well. That's yeah, that's Ron Howard. No, the the woman. Oh, well, Ron Howard plays the philosophy professor yeah. yes, yes. and he's um professor that... or student student is it student he's yeah, very big yeah they're all students he seems like oh, an no, he adult yeah. yeah yeah he's a student yeah. he's oh. a big student I think because I knew it was Ron She's Howard and that's a very old voice he had yes. got very... okay that makes more sense but yeah Ron someone, someone someone famous plays the um See, I just wasn't very good at the names in this one yeah. because there was a lot of a lot of them, a lot of names. <laughs> um, but Chris North, who played Mr. Big in Sex and the City, yeah. is in this one. And, and yeah, some other, some other, some, some other random names. But other like big, quite but not women quite names. in the in the in the house. Um, Gillian Anderson. Gillian Anderson plays um, the Doctor. Does she? Yeah, because she also played one of the spirits in Mononoke. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's, it's just it's just cool. it's a cool voice cast anyway. Um, the yeah. But I want to talk about him, which I thought was interesting, was that there's a really cool bit when. Um, Yumi goes into the, the artist's like room and the artist is like having this like ennui moment where she's like I don't want to eat I don't want to leave the room <laughs> and there's like this painting in the room which is like a really cool painting where it's like all mm. or- like really abstract and like orange and da 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 I was looking at it and I was like who made that? Like that's yeah. an amazing painting Someone had to paint in that this film yeah. like that's like a painting that I would buy it's so good and it's just a bit in the film like it's very impressive I thought it's cool yeah, that was really cool. so, so good. So good they made it the end credits. Yeah, like someone mm-hmm. has to, someone painted that. And is it 
it just it's interesting and then it depends it multiple times yeah and really small no that's it no, it's, it's not hand big. it's yeah. not hand drawn is it when they have yeah. a film in the cinema is it hand drawn these movies these movies are hand drawn yeah I thought they moved down to no they moved down and they moved back because they didn't like the way that they were turning out pretty um, sure it's what happened right well they'll like hand draw it and like digitally animate it yeah okay yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. It's not like every frame is another. Oh, picture. it's not like that, Snow that, White. That, that, was, that, was, that was like that in like Totoro and those ones. Right, yeah. Every single frame. Up until Mononoke. Wow. It's like 30,000 frames. Oh, uh, yes, I do remember Totoro. Well, they wouldn't have done that for this, surely. No. Probably. No, Maybe. Maybe we should have done our research. Well, so the interesting yeah. thing. It's nice to speculate. It's <laughs> <laughs> a speculative podcast. Says the white man. <gasps> People wouldn't have known. <laughs> <laughs> um, the interesting thing about the production, which again, I don't have. I don't have the, all the information here, um, was around uh, the earthquake in 2010 in Japan um, massively disrupted the production of this film um, and like knocked out a lot of the animation studios, electricity, and there's some weird stuff here which I don't love about, like, they said that they, they promised that this movie would be ready on July 17th, 2011, and they made it happen no matter what. And yeah. in, in, the, in, the, in the notes, it's like, which meant they worked through the night for months and months and shit like that, where it's like... Well, they, they moved... They moved production to the night yeah. because it, yeah because, because they didn't require as much power yeah. at night but also like but they did that so they could release that on in July yeah but they didn't work in the day but I think the, the uh, <laughs> yeah yeah I, guess I, so. I, got, I got the vibe they didn't but yeah, that's weird like that's still rogue yeah it seems like a weird one you're nocturnal now <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so some interesting stuff so the next big scene is um, Yumi and, she- and Sheena still fl- fighting uh, fighting, flirting, and then they, uh, but she invites her to this like big debate that's happening about the like a mass. Um, <laughs> this really big debate about um, oh. what, how they're going to save the clubhouse, the Latin Quarter. Um, I just think it's interesting. Like the the debate that happens there is very like teenagers who think they know everything about the world because yeah. they're having this debate about like saving the clubhouse, but they're spinning it as if it's this like huge battle about like progress versus traditionalism and you know the second world war decimated japan and therefore we have to rebuild no we don't like mm-hmm. it's made into this huge melodrama there's, there's a wall of death yeah all just chatting over each other and yeah. there's one boy asleep though at one point which i really like fell asleep <laughs> Um, also really sassy lines like if you want to demolish something how about you I think this is right oh. if you want to demolish something how about your outdated way of thinking yeah. oh and he says there's no future for people who worship the future and forget the past yeah. you cannot oh. yeah that's yeah. Um, and then they get in a big fight don't they and yeah. then but they hear someone comes running in because the teachers are coming down yeah because there are teachers in the school apparently Obviously. somewhere <laughs> but then when they come in you have to be singing I didn't Almost understand. No. I want this to be my this rule was, in this life. This was an unofficial <laughs> debate about saving a building that the school time knocked down, so they're trying to cover it up yeah. by oh, being like a choir choir practice. They were having like a bloody brawl. Yeah. So probably wouldn't have um, probably got a couple of detentions if it had carried on. Yeah. Like that. If I could get it so that people had to be singing every time I walked in a room, I would make it that way. What song would it be? Um, Kira Kira Killer. <laughs> the same soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> oh Famously, God. it's not on the same soundtrack. Oh, okay. Something else. Um, I, I can't believe like you enjoyed the... Sing so much. It was good. Welcome to our Sing cast. There's <laughs> uh, red pandas, cute. Uh, big uh, elephant. It's a cracking voice. Taron Edgerton, is he a gorilla? Yeah, he is. And yeah. He does, oh, and John, gorilla. He does, yeah. 
Um, did you tell me he, that's what got him the rocket man? I yep, didn't. I did. Um, I Ali did. did. Oh, I you, tell you. Because you've met him, Ali. Um, so you've they met the gorilla. Welcome they to sing. Singing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> refusing to join <laughs> in this conversation. Gorilla in the cast. <laughs> they sing. Um, the mouse was by Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> oh, that's less exciting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was a dickhead. The first one I could think of. Um, they sing a song in this bit, which I think is really good. And this whole moment. I liked it. It's a quite famous song called Sayonara, My Love. I don't know anything about it apart from that. I know it's quite famous and I recognised it. Mm. Um, it's just like a really nice moment. It's, this whole, I think, like, this is a movie where I went into it with the least. A, obviously, we'd never seen it, which is at the top, but like, I went in thinking, I oh, this is going to be like. I thought it was going to be bad. What? This one. Oh. Well, I thought it was going to be like really okay. easy, like, 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 so I like, I didn't expect to be able to pull things out of it that I was like, oh, that's interesting and that's yeah, interesting. True. And so much here, I was like, it's well made in the sense that it has an A plot. It wants to talk about like their their teen stuff and da da but isn't in a traditional in a proper Ghibli way. Isn't afraid to then also make this about something else, right? And like it's interesting that this adolescent argument is like very teeny and like very like oh we're gonna save the world, but also like that optimism what like was everywhere at this time in history, right? And like like we talk about student protests, and I think this scene is really like a really interesting kind of like moment in the film mm. the heart of like what's happening and as they'll kind of like try and like whether to save the building they maybe live in and you know, <laughs> well, I liked it well they were saying that this was the, the era that kicked off like a revival for Japan which led to like the economic boom in I think like the late 70s early yeah. 80s so this is like a microcosm version yeah. of that which I thought was quite interesting mm. yeah so because the, the Olympics was a kind of scene the, the 64 Olympics in France is set are seen as like were seen by lots of people as like a lightning rod to show the world that Japan was like ready to go and ready yeah. to like rejoin um, the global economy and society and, and lots of interesting things. Also, and maybe able to let go of its past and then yeah. obviously this film is trying to wrestle with like should you or should you not do that? And yeah. Also, I wrote it down later because I think it explores it more. I think it's just very refreshing to see this sort of thing, and it's weird that we're seeing it in like an animated film. And maybe it is in other films and we just haven't been exposed to it or we haven't seeked it. But, like, just a positive outlook of post-war Japan. Like, yeah. I feel like everybody has such... You can probably have such a view of what you think Japan was like after the war. But it just makes you realise that the people in Japan were just like the people anywhere else in the world that yeah. were just victim to the circumstances they had no yeah. control over. Yeah. And it was just very nice. Because I think the only other one similar in terms of, like, referencing the war was Grave of the Fireflies. And that was, that was about the war, wasn't it? Yeah, that was like yeah. in the war. Though. No, no, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But like that, the only reference, and that was just like a very grim outlook on it, yeah. which was necessary. But this was nice. Yeah, it was just positive, refreshing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Although I do yeah. think it's worth saying that like that the framing of this is like both both the main characters' parents have died because yeah. of the war and because of like those things. So it doesn't. I don't think it. I don't think it like a. It wants to engage with that too, which is what yeah. makes the positivity so. It's like a piece of history we don't see as much as like what we see in Grave of the Fireflies. We see like during war period like yeah. fiction all the time. Yeah. Whereas this is like a, an era in the country that, as especially as a Western audience, we don't see yeah. very much. Yeah. And even though this isn't hugely popular, it's still probably one of the more popular Jap- Japanese films of that year. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, like, well, it was the, yeah, it was the biggest. Um, it was the top grossing Japanese film. Yeah, sure. Just in, in Japan, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, because I think we have a we have a benchmark of what 
life was like in Britain after the war because like our parents yeah. were from that age where like the baby boomers and that yeah. sort of thing and you know what it's like but actually to see it from a different yeah. country and different point of view is just yeah it's interesting to see that adds it, a lot it was similar everywhere right like in the same way that post-war like the areas of post-war are always about like trying to rebuild something and just like we were doing in the 60s Japan mm. was doing in the 60s and it's mm-hmm. super interesting and that's why you get those elements of like social resistance and social, social rebellion because it provides people an opportunity to imagine something new and try and build mm. something different um so yeah lots of the, in, lots of interesting things happening here anyway um with the clubhouse that's kind of like the big metal for that i want to flag so like this push and pull is happening with um yumi and like she wants to join in with um Shun and, and like have this like really good adolescent moment where she's like flirting and helping run the newspaper and da, 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 but she's also got these quite big responsibilities because her mom's not there and she lives with her grandma and her dad's obviously passed away like I think we see that play out more and more at this point as her as she and Shun get like closer and closer together. And then like this is the thing I think where we we get stuff about um, we see the photo. We, yeah, but we go to Shun's house. Yeah, it's the going away party. Ah, uh, yeah. The, and it's like, oh, why don't you invite some of your friends? Yeah. So um, there's some boys and girls. Yeah, they invite school because Sora's like Lads got a thing with the Shun's best mate the class president actually yeah. he's like the kind of suave cool one with the glasses mm. um, and so yeah they invite them all over for lunch and like yeah it's just like a nice cute scene moment and then we get plot twist uh, yeah because the um, Yumi like talk, is talk, talking to Shreen about like her family and uh, she takes them up upstairs to see like the mm. flags and stuff mm. I guess mm. and, <laughs> and she shows him the photo fu- <laughs> the- uh oh. Uh, uh, flagpole. Oh, oh no. flagpole that would have been much better. <laughs> oh god. Because at this point we don't really know much about like flags. The fa- <laughs> family and stuff. Um and she but she basically shows June like this photo of her dad and he's like, Oh my god, freaks out. She's like, Why are you freaking out? And then he leaves. Right? That's the scene. No, no, just no, she's like, she doesn't she doesn't notice the music changes yeah. and the boy's like I mean I'm can't see what I'm doing just look like blankly at the photo and then she's yeah. like okay let's go back to downstairs and then he's like oh because then she has no idea why he then starts ghosting her basically when they start to clean up the yeah. clubhouse as I turned to Abby I was like jokingly like uh oh that's his dad as well like having no idea hmm? yeah. sorry I spoiled it then. Well, <laughs> well that's that's what we find did out did you know hmm? I mean I'm unconvinced that's by this yeah, when the mum was like I know before sorry yeah. jumping ahead jumping I'm ahead. Spoiler. so basically she <laughs> freaks out goes home he cuts like him inside his bedroom. He has the same photo. Oh my god! Oh, they have the same no. dad. They have the same photo. They're, <laughs> they're flirting. They're gonna kiss, but they can't because they got the same dad. So whew, close one. Imagine if yeah. it ended and they were just like they both had like stock photos that just came. Like a friend. Oh shit. So <laughs> Eddie's just left. And then we get the best cleaning montage. Ah, oh. yes. Love a montage. Yep. I feel I'm... like we haven't got enough of them in these films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got here. Love a makeover montage. Love a makeover I don't montage. I care if it's a house, oh, if it's a person. Bobby Burke realness, am I right? Bobby Burke realness. Calamity Jane and Katie realness. Swifted up that. <laughs> yeah. Having... <laughs> Where's that? A woman's touch. Yeah. No? Yeah. This, I, I, this... I got the Calamity Jane reference. Only because I sing it all the time. I've seen Calamity Jane. It's a okay. very famous film. Yeah. Um, Apparently it's niche though because fifty percent of the people around this table have not seen it. Ed, come on, you haven't seen that <laughs> classic film. You're um, part of the fifty percent. Oh, I'm digest. Well, she's <laughs> also part of the one percent. 
Abby. <laughs> Eat the rich! <laughs> what we're referencing now is that um, Shun and Yumi, basically, they organise everyone in the school. Yumi's like, if you want to save the clubhouse, um, but the school won't listen, what you need to do is like spruce it up, make it look nice, because at the moment it's a tip, and then maybe we'll be able to convince someone that it's worth saving. So yeah, we get this amazing montage of like, all the, everyone, all the girls are like, get out of the way, and they come up with all the mops and brooms. But then oh, you're, you're like, oh, I was worried. And then plot twist, it's actually everyone helps. Yeah. Which it's I really nice. liked. Exactly. Because yeah. I thought they were going to get the girls in to clean the house, and then they were going to leave. I was like, this is not good. I like when they held the ladder up, and they could get up the ladder directly upwards. Yes. Ah, uh, yes, so dust. good. But I feel like they could have just like got a bigger duster and done it from the from the um balcony. The mezzanine. The mezzanine. These are children, you mustn't forget. <laughs> they were oh that one girl that was plastering and she's like this is how you plaster and she That's was like shoom, shoom, left right left right. Sickening. Um, Sickening, yeah. All of the like all of the banter in this this scene I think is really good. Like I mean we talked about a second ago but like the team stuff just works for me in here. Mm. Like it's so like fun. I don't know. The banister, the ba- where the banister falls. Oh, oh yeah. And instead of letting it crash, they, they just catch it. it. Yeah. And you're like, that would have hurt. Yeah, <laughs> The um, bit where they get the professor's heart and the professor's like, no, I keep calling him he's professor. professor. He's a he looked so old. Um, <laughs> he was wearing the same uniform. Yeah, yeah I know, that's why I thought uniform. it was weird. But <laughs> it was Ron Howard in my head. It was like 50 year old Ron Howard. Okay, the philosophy guy was like, no, no, not my, not my heart, my heart. And then he has his, like walls, no, not walls in the hole, holes in the wall. Oh, uh, yeah. Now all I can think of is Dale Winton. He has the holes in his wall. He has the holes in the wall, and then there's just like so many books, and they have to keep uh, playing yeah, them out yeah, and stuff. Like, Ew, lots of stuff. Yeah. Well, I really like the, all the different clubs that we see because, like, obviously, yeah. this is like the yes. clubhouse where there's a reference way earlier in the movie that someone's like, "Oh, I heard he's like one of the guys that lived in the clubhouse." So I get the vibe that some of them are like, "It's some some of the boys live there." Um, yeah, but did they do actually any schoolwork? That's the they make the newspaper and they make like these mock tests for people and stuff and like mm-hmm. there's like the chemistry te- the chemistry club and they're like blowing shit up on the third floor and like the astronomy guys were very funny when yeah. um, the main girl starts to copy the newspaper or starts, starts oh, yeah, transcribing yeah. the newspaper and they're like no one cares about archaeology anymore it's not cool yeah how are we going to make archaeology cool it's like um, uh, his niche corner, Rushmore, oh. where he's like part of all the clubs and doesn't yeah. do any school work. Yeah, that really is niche. Like, yeah, it's like that. Yeah, that's why that. it's actually what reminds me quite a lot of like that. The, the um, I think there's something very Wes Anderson about the clubhouse. Yeah, mm. and yeah. like the setup of what and almost the story to be honest. It, yeah, yeah. Is it just Rushmore? <laughs> like so much. Uh, I know it's not. but yeah. <laughs> there's something very Rushmorey about it. You are right. Um, but yeah, and they they do a cracking job. They, yeah. they, they clean it up, things. they paint it. Yeah. Um, and it's all going well, except for <gasps> as Shun leaves. The incest. Yumi's like, oh, what's going on? The incest. And he's like, um, oh, no, can we, sorry, before you like say about their dialogue, she's out there waiting oh, in the, the rain. rain. Everyone's leaving, and he's just about to like pedal past her, and he's like, oh, better stop. She's waiting out there in the rain for you. With an umbrella. umbrella. With a little umbrella. It's very sweet. So um, but he tells her, right, at this point? Yes. Uh, he mm. tells her. And yeah, it's just an interesting, like, weird... It's, 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 her whole thing comes cracking down, right? Because mm-hmm. she's, like, thinking about... She's got this whole new part of her life, and I don't know. It's I mean, very yeah, sad. It is sad. It is very sad. But it's dealt with in a very good way. He's like, it's, it's like a cheap melodrama, and it's nice that they don't go into mm. that melodrama. Like, yeah. this must happen around the world at some point 
and it felt like this actually could be how it goes. Yeah, because he basically we, he what we find out is that Shun, um, the, the, the people people that Shun lives with his family, his Shun's dad is like, oh, um, a friend of mine, um, Yumi's dad came to me with a baby and said you need to look after this baby, and that's how. Mm. That's how he, that's how we kind of their brother and sister, but they didn't grow up together because Yumi's dad kind of gives Shun away, or so we think. Hot dads <laughs> everywhere. Can hot I just dads. say? Oh. So, so hot. Burly dads. But I mean, hot yes. burly dads. That's the I wrote down because um, she has a dream, and I wrote she's very dad because I got so distracted. <laughs> her dad walked in. And hot dad. Yeah, and I got distracted as well. And I meant to write, Dream of Dad was very sad. N- n- rhyme not intended. But I ended up writing, Dream of Daddy. It's, and so she, what I think is interesting is that she has this like dream where she kind of like, they're all together, right? Or she dreams of her family, basically. And I think the idea is that Shun is like, represents, if she can't have this like romantic relationship, maybe she can have kind of like a. Um, uh, she could have a family again because her mum's away and her dad's died and like maybe it's not t- so bad or something that's kind of the vibe I was getting like yeah it was a weird yeah. weird twist but kind of worked yeah <laughs> um, okay. it becomes that oh this is what the film is about yeah like this is what you immediately this is what you remember the film for. yeah Calvin Harris featuring Rihanna this is what you came for what is that niche <laughs> <laughs> corner over there jeez sing it a little bit oh but so we're reaching like the dramatic climax of this media, right? Because they've commented about they, uh, she's commented she not wise ignoring her. The clubhouse is fixed, um, and although it's awkward, um, Yumi decides that she still kind of wants to help out, kind of fixing the clubhouse altogether. Mm-hmm. So she basically, this, I think the school comes and they're like, actually, this is nice, but we're still going to tear down your old house. Lol. Like, Fuck. So Shun, Yumi, and his friend, the class president, Sora's boyfriend, um, are like. Right, screw this. We're gonna we're gonna skip school. We're gonna go to Tokyo. We're gonna go see the chair of the board of the school and kind of appeal to him directly and see if we can't get someone to save this like building we live in. It goes um, all the way to the top. All the way to the top. All the way to the top. It's also very sweet because the two boys are gonna go and they're like, we can't go without our goddess of good luck or something. Yeah. And then she's like, who me? <laughs> <laughs> very very sweet. Yeah, because that becomes a thing quite quickly. Like, it was her idea to clean the clubhouse. Yeah. yeah. And then suddenly everything was coming up roses, even though... Did she do that much? Mm. She's, She's just, just there. She has an idea as well. She set the fire. Oh, yeah. I was going to say a manic pixie jinger. I feel like you've said manic pixie jinger every episode of this podcast. <laughs> oh, all right. Take your slice of life. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up your ass. <laughs> 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 yeah. There's a nice bit. They go to Tokyo. They're going to confront the chair. Bored. He's actually like quite a nice guy. Huge like, ears. Yeah, he's yeah, he <laughs> His ears were huge, his hands were huge. God Can knows what else. Man or not? <laughs> Can you swing them side to side? No. Over your shoulder. Like a continent or something. Can you what? Can you tie him in a boat? Can you do it on your shoulder like a continent or shoulder? Do your ears. Hello. Yes, they do. Thank you for listening. <laughs> that could have been that bit's musical interlude. Oh, yeah. Um, the comedy song. The thing that we. The be our guest, if you will. Yes, it could, it could have. You're right. Be our guest. <laughs> <laughs> Try the great stuff. It's delicious. Don't believe me. Ask the dishes. They can sing. They can dance. Oh, this is France. <laughs> um, so, come on. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, the incest was cool. 
<laughs> big ears, big incest. <laughs> so there's, a, there's a, an interesting bit here where um, the chairman uh, like speaks to Yumi and he's like, you're obviously like a smart guy, like what's your father do? And she kind of explains to him that she lost her dad um, at the beginning of the Korean War. Um, and we get like a, a flash, like a, a flashback to oh, a that scene. Flashback. Um, mm. A little bit interesting, like an interesting choice because this movie has none of that. And like we see big, we see sailboats, we see some naval ships. But we don't see any depictions of war except for this one kind of thing. And I wonder whether you guys like. I thought it was very dramatic. Yeah, like what was it? What kind of what purpose did it serve, and why? Why at this point in the film? To have, why did they choose to have this kind of like this moment? I did think it was a bit strange that they use like her story convinced the chairman. Yeah. To to like oh save the clubhouse. I don't know. Maybe it's because she was talking about the past and. Yeah. And she's just like I guess I, the vibe I got there was that like they're all close not if they're not orphans but they've all lost people in the war and like he's obviously looking at these kids being like you're actually doing quite a, like it's it's impressive to think like the work they're putting in and yeah. the, the moxie they've got to try yeah. and like moxie do something and kind of going back to that like um, at this point in history everyone's trying to like look forward trying to like build up things that it's quite easy to think it will tear down everything that's old build up new things but then you need like a bit of like humanity yeah. to be like no but these things happened and they were really sad so we need to remember yeah. that that he was like, oh, we should remember our architecture as well. Yeah. Keep the hats. Yeah, definitely. I like it. Um, and Good then explanation. We, we get, Thank you, Abby. Hey, thanks. We get a kind of a, a slightly weird scene, which is quite nice, um, as they're leaving Tokyo, where their friend is like, I'm going to stick around, and Shun and Yumi got on the bus, and Yumi's like, um, oh, we love each other, but we can't do anything, but, uh, you know, I'm still, I'll always love you, basically, but... It's it's a it's a this interesting moment, and in my head I was like, I don't really get. They love each other, like in what way? Because they're family, so it's mm. like, it's, a, it's it's a it's a. I know it's probably not aimed at kids too much. This one, but like it's a big theme for an animated film. Yeah, mm-hmm. especially from like Studio Ghibli, where like m- like two movies ago we had Ponyo. Yeah, like <laughs> people must have gone to see this thinking they were going to get something similar to yeah. Ponyo or Spirited Away, and this must have been a bit of a jolt yeah it's interesting isn't it I think we 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 kind of like have jokes about it throughout all of these movies but like but I think because we're approaching them as this kind of like single monolithic set yeah um, it's very easy to be like oh like, and there are definitely like recurring themes throughout all of them and things are tied together but at the end of the day it's just like one studio's output like there's yeah. not they're not, it's not a franchise it's not a shared universe like and so the tones and the audiences and did you not see the Totoro flying in the background oh, oh Totoro doesn't fly he catches um, the cat bus oh he does fly with the umbrella the umbrella yeah oh, he does fly there we go joke works they um, <laughs> um, you know it's, this movie is very different especially to um, Ari- like you know Ariete Ponyo Earthsea like we've had an interesting kind of yeah. uh, number of films that are quite different and I would maybe say that like Earthsea and Ariete maybe aimed at a similar kind of like YA audience Ponyo aimed at young children this is a feels like a very different movie this almost feels like a um, Takahata kind of like it reminds me so much of like From yesterday, mm. uh, Only Yesterday and, and those some of those slice of license earlier on yeah um, it's, it's interesting to think about yeah. I think we spoke about before again like you ask I think British and American cinema puts animation in a very clear box and likes to think about animation as being for a particular audience and obviously that's not the case in other cultures and like in lots of other countries like animation isn't bound by those same 
rules and this is a great example of like this is actually and we'll see it again with Wind Riders definitely um, but it's a movie that's interested in some quite it, melodramatic almost like soap opera different themes mm. yeah. I like it yeah me too yeah that all said about the incest turns out it's not even incest oh my gosh she's like yay I can bang him now <laughs> oh. um, yeah she goes home and her mum is back from America woohoo um, and they have this big long chat uh, and her mum's like well let me tell you about the time your dad bought home someone else's baby um, who died in the war she and then took, I made him give it to someone else she took his word for the, that it wasn't his yeah. yeah so it turns out that Shun actually isn't Yumi's brother mm. but Shun's is- dad brings home a, ch- a different child and says like oh I someone died in the bath- at sea and this is their baby the, the, the baby's mother died in childbirth uh, so we have to take care of the baby and then Yumi's mom was, was like we can't we can't look after it so we had to give it to someone else so I gave it to someone else who wanted a child yeah. it also lost a baby I think yeah yeah. Um, but there's this weird um, conversation or part of this conversation where Yumi's like oh yeah we're related and the mum's like do you look like or does he look like you or your dad or something like that and she then almost gets Yumi's excited, like, doesn't she? A little bit, yeah. It's like a weird, very weird tone of voice. Once again, I don't know if, whether it's the dub. And we are watching the dub as kind of as we have all of them. Yeah. yeah, they didn't think that. Um, Aubrey Plaza was doing, doing learning all the Japanese. Then. Yeah. So there's this bit where um, the the mum asks Yumi, "Does he look like your dad?" And she's almost like, "Yeah, he does a bit actually." Yeah. And he does. And he does look like the dad. The dad doesn't look... They're, they're, yeah. They have like similar hair and they're drawn in a similar way. Yeah. So then but I feel like it isn't like completely no, like I cut and dry. Yeah, yeah, maybe that flashback is her imagining it. And yeah. because she knows what he looks like, she's like imagining... Yeah. But then the, the picture yes. as well. There was... Um, the daughter asked the mum the question, but like, oh, did you not ever think it was his? And she went, oh not really and she just did not sound sure at all no. so I'm convinced we don't know yeah I kind of mm. I kind of like it sounds silly but actually the way this scene plays out is definitely not concrete I, I feel like they should have given a concrete one for like this type of story where it is like just a kind of really nice story yeah. I feel like maybe they didn't mean to maybe it is the dub, yeah, it's the dub yeah. maybe it's the dub but like for it to be left ambiguous is a little bit dark <laughs> yeah strange um so then we kind of so we've the the film starts to wrap up at this point right so we're like wrapping up the Yumi and Shun stuff um, the chairman who they went to see in Tokyo visits the clubhouse it's been painted it looks amazing um, there's a tiny bit where some people fall through the floor but yes. they manage to cover that up apparently yes. they don't really they just kind of like oh well that's I fine it's an old think, building um, yeah. he that's chats... the fall through the floor club really <laughs> <laughs> they're really good at it yeah. um, he chats to Ron Howard about philosophy <laughs> Ron Howard quotes Diogenes and he's like oh Diogenes oh my god um, it's a very funny is it, is the quote we as human beings have complicated every gift of the gods yeah. <laughs> yes um, it's just like a funny moment um, and the chairman ends up being like um, we, it is interesting thematically as we talked about the chairman's response is basically yeah go um, on then we have to build up we have to build something new but I'll just find somewhere else to build it. Oh, so we're getting best of both of us right? build something new yeah. while also remembering our past which is what Shun was arguing for in that debate scene um, and then this scene so that's that kind of this uh, B plot wrapped up and like also it's very nice to like 
it's like that bit at the end of Queer Eye, it's the bit at the end of DIY SOS. You go into the house, you see what they've done with it, yeah. and you're like, oh, wow, there's a it hut there great. now. I feel like they should have done like a before where it's like a bit grimmer tones, like there's a filter on it, and then the yeah. after it's like song and dance. Oh, well, they yeah. sing. They do sing. Oh my God, they actually sing. If the world should sink beneath the sea, find a friend, reach out a hand and find a friend in need. Which is what she does when she picks up um <gasps> Oh my god! Ali, you did it. You, you, made you it cracked the code. Good. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we get one last that expensive. One last weird scene to wrap up everything, which is the chase. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the beast is there. <laughs> <laughs> you meet Spencer Shun. Uh, um, well, we don't even really see Shun find out this news. We just get a phone call from Shun's adoptive dad saying. So there's a captain, oh, a, a yes. captain on the ship, and he knew your father, both your fathers, and so they both run to the ship in the middle of the sea. And it's a weird. I think it's a bit weird. And a cap, there's a, a captain there who was, never met. He's a third man in the photo. It was a great. It, I was about to say it was greatly shot. Um, it looks amazing. Yeah, like, it does. I really liked the music and like the mm-hmm. boat, and yeah. it was them going right down the hill. Mm. Yeah, like not off action film at all, but really nice piece of action. Yeah, it was. It was a really nice scene, but I just thought it was a bit out of blue. Um, they go to the captain. The captain is basically like, "You two would have been credits to your fathers. They were great men. That's me in the photo, the third one." Um, and yeah. then that's yeah. it, really. Like it's all—it's kind of this like nice jubilant moment. The song, that song, the kids are singing, plays again. Um, the ship sails away, and Yumi is back on her salt poppy hill, and she's waving, the, she's hoisting the flags once again. Yeah. Um, and it's just. It ends really nicely and neatly for a Ghibli movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, with a musical number, like we said, a musical number which is the same tune that you heard a third of the way through the movie, but this time it's got vocals over the top mm-hmm. of it. Um, and yeah, I just thought, yeah, nice, t- neat, tidy ending. A nice, neat, tidy film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this is probably the most consistently good film. Like, oh. Not maybe not the only, that's a bold statement. Yeah. But like, I wasn't there wasn't at one point thinking where is this going what is happening oh this bit's slow this bit's too fast like the pacing was really nice yeah. made sense mostly for Al. Yeah, definitely the weird like fever dream that she has with her mum's return yes yes that yes. was the only kind Grim. of rogue yeah bit in there I was like is this needed what, ha- what happens in that what happens? Yeah. This, this is a bit where I wrote Dad dreams, and I wrote dream of daddy. Yeah, <laughs> we both were clearly on a wavelength. Oh, what happens, what happens in this dream? So she, she just found out she might be brother her and sister. <laughs> she might be brother. Yeah, and she like she's going downstairs and she sees her mum's shoes, or is that when her mum actually comes back? Oh no, she, you're right. I think. And she goes into the kitchen, and her mum's like, "Is that classic? You're seeing your mum in a dream. You're seeing the back of her. She's washing uh, dishes, yeah. and she turns around and she's like, mum you 'Mum, you're back.' And she's like. I've never gone. I've been here for 84 years. <laughs> the head does a 360. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah, that, I think that seems a bit weird. Yeah. Um, is there anyone, anything else? So before we get... That's the plot bit. All done? Plot all sorted? Done. Before we get into the rankings... Sorry. Before we get into the rankings, is there anything else anyone wants to talk about just like overall? I'm still not over that man's ears. He did have large ears. Yeah, big, big ears. Big, big ears, big boy ears. Not enough poppies. Mm. Yeah, why was it probably hill? Because the hill was that because. name of the hill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If I say why is something called something, you saying the name of something is that is not a good enough explanation. Um, is it something to do with heroin? No. 
Remembrance. <laughs> yeah, maybe. It's yeah. Poppy is the flower of remembrance yeah. for World Wars, isn't it? Yeah. So I don't yeah, know if that's, that's the same elsewhere. Yeah. So no, I like that though. That's nice. Why was the clubhouse called the Latin Quarter? Yeah, it was know. a place in Paris. Yeah, there was. There, there was I think it's. A, I think it's a reference to a place in uh-huh. Paris, which then exp- maybe explains the the kind of jazz. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah, because the, the latter, the Latin Quarter in Paris is like like the, one of like the oldest districts in right. Paris. That's pre um, pre pre when Napoleon like knocked it all down and rebuilt it's it all. Latin, Ooh, the Latin Quarter. That's old. Yeah, very old. Um, I want to give a shout out to that. We didn't really talk about it, but like the all the stuff in the boarding house. I think it was really like the concept of the boarding house, like the way they have all have dinner together and like they have the sushi and like. It was a nice parallel as well yeah, between just... the clubhouse and the, and the boarding house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there any good dogs or cats? Mm. No, there's a but pitch... usually a good dog she, or a cat. There's a carving of a cat, which is the only oh, only, only yeah. cats in the movie. Even any good animals? No, yeah. no, no animals. It's interesting. There's usually some animals. You think they would have been in the like clubhouse and like turn yeah. into something, or they fly. They fly you away. They're a bird. <laughs> yeah. small bad birds. All birds you. are magical to me. <laughs> <laughs> How do they do that? Um, the names of the three siblings. Mm. Um, so what's the Umi is C. Umi means C. Oh, cool. Um, and then the, I can't. I don't know which way around this was, but Riku. Yeah. One of the siblings is Land. That's and the, then the brother. Is it Sora? Sora um, means sky. Oh, cool. So Land, Sea, and Sky. Which again. War, yeah. maybe. Yeah, maybe war. Maybe yeah. war. Yeah. Maybe you. the world. Um, maybe us. Oh, cool. Who's land? Who's sea? Who's sky? Can I be <laughs> sky? I'm fuck, saying... marry, kill. Land, land, land sea, sea, and sky. sky. Oh my god. Marry sky, fuck sea, kill land. Yeah, because sea would give you a, a you wild ride. Fly rise. forever. Fuck the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck ocean waves. <gasps> oh! And it's all oh, coming oh, back oh, to oh, me. Now. All um, coming back to meme. <laughs> all coming back in the sea. <laughs> on that note, shall we move on to the rankings? Yes. Please. Do you mm. want to start off with us with the Grand National? Mm. I feel like there was there a Grand in this movie? There was one. Yeah. Grand. Or the Doctor. The her grandma. Yeah, her grandma. Yeah. Yeah, the grandma was there. She was quite many scenes. Yeah, she wasn't great. Um, so our current grand, the current. Do you want to go for a slide? Oh, I can't do it, can okay, I? Okay. So the current grand national <laughs> rankings are um, first in fourteenth place. Um, the grand promotion oh, list. Thirteenth place in the grand yesterday. Twelfth place the wise woman from Mrs. Monoki. Eleventh aunt from Marietti. Three Macbeths from Pocarosso. Ninth, Harold Laxton and Berta from Spirited, from Key's Delivery Service. Eighth, Miss Dora from uh, My Name is Totoro. Seventh, no. Eighth, Miss Dora from... Oh, eighth, Miss Dora's from Randy Yesterday. Granny's from My Name is Totoro. Old Couple Home with Granny's from Ponyo. Um, fifth, Grandma Yamada. Shout out to Grandma Yamada. <laughs> um, fourth, Nana Raccoon. Third, Dola. Second, Yubarba and Zaniba from... Spirited Away. Spirited Away. And then first, Sophie and Witch of the Waste. Icons from Howl's. I cons. I feel like this grand is not. She's no. not up there. I think she's um, underneath the three Macbeths, maybe. Yeah. I, um, maybe she... even worse. Maybe, well, well yeah. lower down. Is she better or worse than the um, the, the nice aunt in Ariete? Oh, she was a nice aunt. Yeah. Worse. Because in this, really, she didn't really do much. Yeah. And not. Be, I mean, I know she's old, but she. I'm guessing she's at home. Yeah. Why is she not helping out more? 
Because yeah, at one point she has she has she doesn't just talk to um, the main character, and I'm saying the main character because I know I'm going to get the name wrong. She has a meeting. She's like, oh, I've got a meeting with my grandma later, right. and then the grandma is mm-hmm. like, "Oh, are you feeling a bit overworked?" I'm like, "Yeah, she's a school child, yeah. and then she has to come home and cook for you all." Like, she doesn't like, offer to help her, and she's like, "Are you feeling overworked?" Yeah. yeah. Mm. Bottom of the pile. Bottom of the pile. Whoa! Fuck it up. Thanks, guys. Um, go fuck it up. <laughs> uh, up on Poppy Granny. Um, so you're not even trying with these nicknames anymore. <laughs> the second, so I think this is where it's going to get interesting. Um, the second of our oh, rankings yeah. is Fudio. Give me Edward yeah. Brown. Take it away. I'll do the whole list because you did the whole list. Yeah. Oh, I only did a little snapshot last. Yeah, give us that little recap. Give the, 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 the listeners what they want. Uh, at 17, <laughs> Ocean Waves. Have okay, you got waves. food for every film then? Yeah, there's food in every film. Well, not really. There's food, like, number 16 is Porco Rosso, but no food, because there was no food. Apart from <laughs> potentially him. Yeah, so I think that's, we that's, said, that's why he didn't eat anything, because oh, yeah, yeah. it was like, what's he going to eat? Um, Strict vegetarian. Um, 15, Tales from Earthsea, just bread and broth. 14, Grave of the Fireflies, an awkward face. Oh, yeah. Totoro, just a few nuts. Oh. Only Yesterday, Pineapple, Watermelon, oh, Princess yeah. Mononoke, uh, Donkey Piss, and Chewed Up Bar. Yes. Um, Whisper of the Heart, Ramen, that's it. Um, cat returns the egg returns that's a nice mice <laughs> Arietti tiny hot drink and a cricket leg um, um, yeah. Pom loads leave the tempura there's that bit where yes leave the tempura memorable yeah that's true um, spoilers <laughs> um, from the Yamadas who would eat a banana oh, who would eat a banana um, from Ponyo all I want is ham <laughs> <laughs> Peaky's delivery service had this go. weird we sort go. of like peach and halibut toad in the hole. <laughs> I need it. I need it. <laughs> I know. Um, then it was from Howl's. We had egg and bakey. So that's me up, Daddy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, was big pork, big mood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Spirited Away is the reason this list exists. So. Oh, that food in so much good away. food. But in this, um, so we started with um, there was like breakfast right at the start. They had a fried egg on a plate with ham and lettuce, um, and they all had the same food um, and with a bit of broth as well. Mm. And they all had the exact same meal, which yeah, is nice. Frying up the ham with the egg on the top, yeah. so she like yeah. them yeah. out together. She knew what I she was doing. Really want to try that now. Yeah. Then someone said, "Hey, easy on the soy sauce, but in a funny way." So I wrote that down. Um, <laughs> then someone I wrote down Nobu but that wasn't a real character in this that's a hotel in London <laughs> um, had a good like looking lunch with little like bento bots yeah. like sausage and some Yumi, nice. Yumi. Yumi. Yumi's lunch Yumi. oh, yeah. like and she was like oh you're such a good cook she's like it's easy so, yeah, <laughs> she's like maybe you should learn to cook for yourself yeah um, and then yeah as Ali teased earlier we had some good good tempura fish they look good that was so good like you actually got the fact you get to see it getting cooked and um, like they were chopping the lettuce, and you got to see them like do good chopping it looks, actions. It was good. Like mm-hmm. that was big points. I turned yeah. to Abby. Big. And I turned to Abby. Well, you, said, did, you turned to this me. This is a big point. He did. I did. I missed the grilled fish at the beginning as well. Uh, was there some grilled fish? There was some grilled fish. Didn't get one down. So what? no. 
Um, then there was like a big old uh, lunch that everyone sat outside for. They, they had like some party. some quite indiscriminate uh, yeah. Yeah. foods, but they had licensed asahi on the tables. I really? Which is like had the asahi so logo. So that's so it was strange. Oh, um, I want an asahi. Yeah. See, it worked. It worked. Um, this is also. Also, what, did you finish your food list? Yeah, I'm finished. Have you finished already? <laughs> yeah. um, the one thing you missed. What was it? You dickhead. Um, the snack that he buys her. Oh, yeah. When he drives yeah. her, when he rides her down, then he does what? Yeah, he rides. Her. <laughs> 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 just spat on myself. Um, and then he like leaves her, and she has like this little maybe fish cake, rice cake, yeah. some sort yeah, of round yeah, thing. Like she takes the teeniest, tiniest bite, yeah. and says to herself, "This is nice." Aww. Aww. I forgot. Okay, that was a key scene. I liked that. So where's it going in the list, Ed? It's, I think it's up there. Yeah, It's definitely up there. It's definitely top five. So mm. I think it's above Ponyo, All I Want Is Ham. Because although the ham was good, that was about it. Yeah, it's that gonna, that's where you go on the list because of the quote, isn't it? Yeah, More and then you like, the ham was important to the story. Yeah. That get, gets you a point. Um, so is it above fish pie? Yeah. Oh, I'll agree with you. I know it's your list, I don't remember what I think. It, but was, strong. Even, it was a strong I would, contender. I would agree. I don't think, it, I don't, I think nothing... How cooking up that ham those, and eggs? Yeah, <laughs> those three are like god tier. Bread. That move with the bread. That move with the bread where he sliced it up, daddy. Oh, it was great. So I think, uh, yes, we need the new number four. So new number four. strong. Seeing prepared food is a great thing to see. Yeah, <coughs> I agree. I know we've got a Lapito as number two, which I was like, why is that? But then I remember they had that like half egg yeah. on a bit of bread, yeah. which was like iconic. And we saw them make it, which I think seeing them make it is a big deal. And like the way she ate that pot. Anyway, yeah. so this is the new number four. Um, just below house, uh, and I'll think what to call it and find out what I call it. <laughs> Very exciting. With that, shall we move on to the final rankings? Um, I know the list is getting longer and longer and longer and longer, but I still think it's important to go through the entire list yes, every time. I do so too. I'm going to do it. Starting from the bottom, now we're here. Okay. Uh, current 17th place is Tales from Earthsea. Fuck um, Tales from Earthsea. In 16th place, Ocean Waves. Fuck Ocean Waves. In 15th place, it's Porco Rosso. In 14th place, it's Lapita Cast from the Sky. In 13th place, Only Yesterday. In 2nd place, The Cat Returns. 11th place, Arietti. Uh, 10th place, Grave of the Fireflies. 9th place, Whisper of the Heart. 8th place, Ponyo. 7th place, My Lady of the Amadas. 6th place, My Never Totoro. 5th place, Kiki's Delivery Service. 4th place, Housing and Castle. 3rd place, Pompoko. 2nd place, Princess Mononoke. And still, the reigning champion, number one, Spirited Away. So where are we putting this one then, guys? Where are we putting... Mm. From up on Poppy Hill. I have a view. Oh, do you? Get some options. Start us Shocker. An opening salvo. I think in between My Navy the Marders and Totoro. Oh. I could allow that. Well, I was going to say in between my neighbour Yamadas and Ponyo. Oh, I could allow that as well. Oh. So, do we think. Oh, oh, Abby, maybe you're right. So what we're because what basically the difference is there a banana. Bring it down. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You're saying you're saying Mark that this is the best slice of life non-fantastical Ghibli movie on the list, and Abby saying my name is the Amadas is better. I just love a vignette. Yeah, Yeah. I think I think the form (laughs) of my name is Amadas actually might be what pips it. So maybe maybe I'm changing my mind. I think I forgot how funny My Navy the Amadis was. It was was like an out and out comedy, which we just haven't had any of in these movies. So to see it like 
Yeah, if you think about like when they were fighting over the remote for the TV. Yeah. That's oh, great. Oh, all of it was very good. And then um, they leave the kid in the supermarket. It's just all so there, good. There's the bit where the dad's outside, they're all watching TV, and he's like, I want to play with the snow yeah. as well. Like, oh. all of that sort of stuff. It's so good. Um, Definitely better than Ponyo. Definitely, definitely. This is this is the thing. This, this list is tricky because he starts to think about, like, oh, well, I liked... But, I, but that's the... Yeah. It's yeah. the point, isn't it? I think I agree with... You, I think, better than Ponyo, <laughs> not as good as. That's Luke's very. Oh, I was gonna say when you're like, I agree with you on an audio podcast. <laughs> I agree with you, the listener. You, <laughs> so we all agree. Yeah, that, yeah. that was our easiest ranking of all time. Um, well, good on you. First episode. Hey. We're getting, we're getting close, guys. Um, so from up and Poppy Hill is our new eighth place. Um, better than Ponyo, not as good as my neighbours the Yamadas. Well done, us. Um, I'm not going to do the whole ranking again because you just heard it. But it's our new eighth place. Else, what else is going to happen? So we're near the end of our. Well, this is this, sorry. This is this is probably higher up than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, substantially. Because I, mean... I feel like I've not really heard much about this, and mm. also it's in our lifetime of really liking films. Mm. Like this was this came out the year we all went to university, and we'd all kind of had a keen Ooh. interest in films like two, three years before that, and. It's not really one that seems yeah. to be spoken about that much. So for yeah. it to have placed this high is Definitely. quite a nice surprise. Um, I also think it's worth like not to single you out, but I know that you, Mark, like don't you don't love the, these like slice of life ones as much as you do the more like fantastical ones. I do prefer the fantastical ones. I think ones. it's 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 in, it's. It, I, what I found interesting that you enjoyed this as much as you did. Yeah, me um, too. But yeah, and, and yeah, I just think it was a good, really good film. Like I liked the structure of it. I think it it paced well. It felt. Like, I don't know, it was simple and clean, but like, it worked. Yeah. Shout out to Goro Maizaki, yeah. kids, because yeah. his other movie is the bottom of our list. Yeah. Smashed it. What a fucking glow up. I think it did what it was supposed to, what it set out to do, yeah. and, and that gets some light for it. That's all that matters. Yeah. Welcome to the, the first Studio Ghibli film that, no matter how long it is, hasn't been rushed towards the last yeah, like 15 yeah. minutes yeah, of the film so where they're like oh crap we only need to put a plot in here we that's can't just so have true. people walking around in the forest yeah I my one wish is that like you could lose that scene with the captain and this would have been a really well paced film mm-hmm. but even yeah. that was really yeah. fast yeah and gave like maybe a, a bit of a needed but heavy handed like jobs of energy right yeah. at the end um, but yeah that's right. it was great um, and brings us really really nicely to like our last two I, last three yeah. last three so next week is uh, the Wind Rises, uh, and then we've got um, Princess Kaguya, and then finally we've got When Manu Was There, which came out in 2014. So we're really in the last, the last kind of. Can't believe we've made it. Last swing of it, yeah. It's the final countdown to living. Do you know what you should have sung? It's the final cat buzz. But it's not. Give it a couple more. Yeah. Give it a couple of weeks. We'll cut that out. Keep it as a secret. So yeah, with that, we'll see you all next week. Um, for The uh, Wind Rises which is another slice of life but has some planes in it because it's a Miyazaki movie The Wind Rises The Wind Rises <laughs> brother um, yeah we'll see you then oh actually I think we've got to go right now because uh, Abby uh, what, what time is it what are we going to do the cat bus is coming ah! that sounded like a threat <laughs> bye everyone bye, bye. bye. bye.